ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, welcome to another episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. In today's episode, we are continuing our study through the Respectable Sins Bible study that we have been doing, which leads us to talking about several different things for time's sake and episode's sake. I am kind of combining um, several different chapters of the book Respectable Sins. If you have that and you're following along, we are on chapters 13 and 14. If you do not have the book, it is not required. You can jump in at any time, and Lord willing, you can glean just from this episode without having read the book. Um, But if you want a deeper study, I would definitely recommend the book. It has been so challenging to me personally. This study has been so challenging to me. This episode, oh, I feel so unworthy (laughs) to record this episode. More about that coming soon. But God is faithful. God forgives. God is just so patient and gracious and merciful. And I am so thankful for that because I am a weak human being who fails Time and time and time again, you know, as we're going through this study, I hope that you would never listen to this and think like, oh, she is addressing these things because she has conquered them in her life and is victorious over all of these respectable sins. Because that is the farthest thing from the truth. As I study and prepare for this, the more that I pray through each one of these different sins, the more I sit there and I'm like, this is a struggle in my life. And you know, I've said it before, initially some of these, I'm like, oh, you know, we're good. I don't struggle with pride. Um, and <laughs> then I sit there, I'm like, oh, that was prideful. Um, you know, but but this one really hits home because it's been something that I've been personally struggling with just in the past few weeks. Um, But, you know, we're all on a journey. We've talked about before in the Titus study, we're all walking this road of sanctification. Um, We all might be at different points in that road, but, but the road looks different for everybody. You know, some of these sins I struggle with more than others, Um, you know, and you might struggle with different ones than what I struggle with. But we are all just sinners saved by grace. And I'm thankful that we can come together in unity in Christ and we can learn from each other's strengths. We can learn from our weaknesses and from our failures. You know, I think of that verse in Proverbs that a just man falleth seven times. But but what what is the difference between the just man and the foolish man? Because both of them fall. Both of them are weak. Both of them yield to the flesh. But the difference is that the just man rises up, that that he tries again, that he corrects his heart, that he realigns his heart with Christ and and pushes forward and and tries to to gain victory and tries to uh, conform more to the image of Christ in this area. 
And I want to remind you of our scripture verse that we've been studying and, and meditating on throughout this study. Psalm 119, 133, order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. You know, I have that written on a card right by the mirror that I use to get ready. And, and I read that daily, multiple times a day. I pray that over my life because I need that. Every moment of every day, I need God ordering my steps in his word. I need him to enable me to not let iniquity have dominion over me because in and of myself, iniquity reigns supreme and my steps are not ordered by his word. Um, and, and so I, I need, I need him. I need his power because I am weak, but in my weakness, he is made strong. And that's just going to transition us into talking here, right? About the, the first respectable sin. And that is a lack of, so I'm going to change it to say spirit control. The book says self-control, um, and, and I'll get into why why I changed that. You know, in, in the King James Version, which I've, I've said on other episodes, is personally what my biblical convictions have led me to using. Um, you don't see the word self-control. You really don't even see the word spirit control, um, but you see a lot the word sober, and we've talked about sober in our Titus study. We've talked about um, the word temperance. Actually, when you're reading um, the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. It ends with temperance. Um, and a lot of other Bible translations translate temperate into being self-controlled. Um, but, you know, Simeon and I were talking about that one day, and just the the idea of self-control versus spirit control. Um, and, and it may seem like a tiny, small, little, you know, nuance that we're making a mountain out of a molehill. But I think if you really ponder on this and think through this with me, you, you'll start to realize the difference. So self-control... It means self-control, being um, in in control of ourselves. Um, but you know, as I think about that and meditate on that in Scripture, what does Scripture say about me, about my heart? It says that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Um, it says that you know our flesh is weak. You know, I think of this song, "Come Thou Found." It says, "Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love." Self is wicked. Self is prone to wander from God and from God's ways. I don't want to be controlled by myself. Um, I don't want self, I don't want Brittany reigning supreme. I don't want Brittany being the one that tr- that is in this trying to order my way in God's word. Now, there it definitely is a place where I have to accept responsibility for my person, for my heart, for my mind, and I have to invest, I have to work, I have to give, I have to yield, um, but I don't want to be controlled by self, um, by me. And we live in such a self-driven culture, you know, all these self-hyphenated words, self-care, self-love, um, you know, self-empowerment, um, and, and self-control, and I really think we need to be careful just 
it's a, it's, it's a mind shift here that I'm not, I don't want to be self-controlled. I want to be spirit controlled. And you'll see if you're reading throughout this book, he, he hits on that. And I really think his heart is saying spirit controlled. He just addresses it as self-controlled. And I just think it is stronger. Um, it, it's a stronger way to present this idea to say that we are to be spirit controlled. And and what does that mean? You know, at the moment of salvation, God has given us the Holy Spirit to indwell us, to come and, and to live in us, to be our guide, to be really that spiritual compass. And that's what I'm talking about. I want the Holy Spirit within me controlling my life, controlling my actions. I want the Holy Spirit taking self and forming self to look like Christ. That is not something that I can do apart from the Spirit's power. Jerry Bridges writes in his book that biblical self-control covers every area of life and requires an unceasing conflict with the passions of the flesh that wage war against our soul. This self-control is dependent on the influence and enablement of the Holy Spirit. It requires continual exposure of our mind to the words of God and to continual prayer for the Holy Spirit to give us both the desire and power to exercise self-control. So, and, and so there, I feel like he addresses that really it is spirit control, but he kind of trickles it down to like spirit control gives self-control. Um, like I said, I just personally feel like it's just stronger to say spirit control. So that's what we're calling it, lack of spirit control. And I think all of us would be safe to say that this is an area that we struggle in. How often do we give in to the flesh? over the spirit. How often do we live our lives and we're not controlled by the Holy Spirit? Our actions speak to that. Our words speak to that. Our reactions, our facial expressions show that we are not living our lives controlled by the Holy Spirit. And this does what does what is required to live a life that is spirit controlled. He says, continual exposure of our mind to the words of God So continual exposure, constantly filling our minds with God's word, spending time with him devotionally, taping Bible verse cards on your wall, reading those again and again, filling your mind with scripture and continual prayer for the Holy Spirit to give us both the desire and the power to to live within his control. Prayer and Bible reading, time spent with God, time asking God, God, I need you to control my life. I need you to give me the desire even to be controlled by you because sometimes, I'll be honest, there are times where I don't I want to be controlled by myself. I want to give in to my desires or, you know, my my way and it is not aligned with God's way. The book goes on to talk about several different areas that we can struggle in having the Spirit control our lives. I'm just going to briefly hit on some of these. Um, The first area that he mentions is eating and drinking. Um, Now, this is not necessarily talking about like a number on a scale, Um, but, but it is talking about in a lot of different ways, food and drink can can control us um, in in a way that is not honoring and pleasing to God. You know, God has given us these bodies that we are stewards of. And, you know, drinking 
20 glasses of sweet tea or <laughs> nonstop Coke or, you know, it's summertime. So eating ice cream all day, every day. I'm trying to teach my little ones. Look, I know that ice cream tastes better than carrots, but Mommy is not being a wise steward of your little body, who I am responsible for right now, if I let you eat ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You have got to eat carrots. There's got to be this balance. There is a stewardship of what God has given us. And that really um, comes into play here in this area of being spirit-controlled, in taking care of our bodies. You know, also just living a sedentary lifestyle. You know, God created us for work. God created us to move, to exercise, and that's good for us. You know, there are so many benefits, even from just getting outside and walking. Um, But really, I think a lot of this just comes back to stewardship. And, you know, there are many days where I'm like, you know, self does not feel like going for a walk. Self would much rather eat that piece of red velvet cake than not eat that piece of red velvet cake. Um, and you know, there, there's a balance here. You enjoy life. God also created us to enjoy life. But having that balance, and if things are out of balance, then then something is not aligned right in this area of, of control, of being spirit controlled as we try to steward our bodies. Um, I've mentioned before, just in different areas, um, Eating is something that I really struggled with for a while in my late teens and my early 20s, so much so that I actually was diagnosed with anorexia. Um, More on that coming in a later episode that I recorded with my dad, and then I actually am planning here in a few months to do a whole episode talking about my struggle with anorexia because it's something that is not talked about much in Christian circles, but it is something that is affecting people, especially that age group where I struggled with it, our girls. Um, Just, and, and I will get into that episode more of how self-control, where that led me, um, and where I needed spirit control to take over. So like I said, that'll be a whole episode in and of itself, more coming on that. But I did just want to mention that here, um, that that there are real areas in this thing. You may think like food and drink, that's not a big deal. Um, but, but for some people that is, that is an area of, of this, the area of spirit control that people really struggle with. Um, another area is finances. And I know I'm speaking to women here. I love to shop just like the majority of you. Um, but this is another area where our stewardship comes into play. You know, if, if you have it in your budget that you can do a little bit of shopping and enjoy some things, enjoy them. Like I said, God created our lives to be enjoyed. Um, but if you don't have the money, don't buy it. If you don't have the money, then don't go on the vacation. Save until you do. Um, again, and all that falls back to stewardship, just being a wise steward of the things that God has entrusted into our care. So we're going to transition now out of talking about spirit control into talking about <laughs> the sins for the next chapter, which is impatience and irritability. Wow. Oh, man. This has been an area where personally I have failed. In the past few weeks, um, if you listened to my episode a few weeks ago with Willow's birth story, you will have heard some of my struggle with that. So my my most recent baby, my sweet Willow, was exactly one week and one day 
after her due date. So she was eight days late. None of my babies have ever been that late. I really thought that I would go early, some different signs that my body was having. And when her due date came and went, all patients (laughs) went completely out the window and in settled impatience and irritability. And I feel so unworthy to record talking about this episode or talking about this besetting sin here because I did I failed in this area and this has been something that I have had to go to the Lord and say I am sorry you have got to forgive me and you've got to help me in this you know before I went thin and I had I don't know that trial's the right words, my baby being eight days late. Um, But before I went through that period of waiting, through that waiting season, and you know, those eight days felt like eight years. So in my mind, you, you might think eight days, what? But in my mind, literally, it felt like an eternity. Like I had been in the backside of the desert for forever. Um, But before going through that, I would have probably approached this chapter and thought, well, I'm a pretty patient person. And oh, I definitely don't struggle with irritability. Like I am normally pretty happy and upbeat and decent to be around. I would have um, given in a self-assessment, I guess. Um, But you know, waiting seasons tend to reveal um, what's really in our heart and tend to unmask things about us. Um, you know, it's, it's in those difficult seasons. It's in those hard seasons where a lot of the facade is driven away and you're kind of just left stripped of, of all of the adornment that we might put on, you know, oh, like good, decent Christian, smiling face, happy, joyful spirit. And sometimes those difficult times in our life leave us stripped of all of those things that we we do because it's just what we do. Um, and there you are with your naked soul and your flesh and your, your true self is shown. And that's really where I felt like I was a few weeks ago at the end of my pregnancy. And it revealed some really ugly things. It revealed that I had some stuff to work on when it came to patience and when it came to irritability. And 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 I had to work through that. And, and I shared in Willow's birth story, you know, there, there were things that I knew in my heart to be true about God. But the battle that waged in my mind didn't, it just, sometimes it, it just didn't want to listen because self took the throne. Um, sometimes it, it tried to listen, but it was so discouraged that it couldn't, you know, I, I remember I took so many walks in those eight days trying to get this baby to come out. Um, and, and I remember walking up and down the driveway, just begging the Lord, like, are you even listening? Do you even hear me? Have I done something why you aren't hearing me? Do you love me? Do you see the turmoil that I'm in. Do you, do you see how bad I want to have this baby? Do you know how much I've prayed all these nine months for, you know, this and that and all these details to come together? And here I am, another day, another prayer. Don't even know why I'm doing this. And, and you know, that that right there revealed, I, I'm just being raw with you guys. That was where I was at. That was my impatient heart. And out of the impatience came irritability. 
um, the more days that went by, the more frustrated and agitated I got, the more impatient that I got with God, the more irritable I got with the people around me. And again, I tried to mask that. I tried to put on a happy face and enjoy those last days as a family of five. And and sometimes I did. Sometimes I actually really delighted in that and my heart was in the right space. But man, in just a second, it could change. And sometimes I faked it. And I, you know, hopefully my family didn't realize what I was really feeling inside. Um, but there were other times where I was just downright irritable. And I think my husband got the brunt of that. Um, so sorry, Simeon, for Ugh, sorry for that eight days. Um, you know, but but I really I was irritable with God. I I <sighs> out of emotion gushed feelings and thoughts and things that that I, I knew were not true about who he was and what he had been to me time and time again. But in my impatience and in my irritability. I just, I I had the wrong heart. And like I said, I have had to ask God to forgive me. And you know, maybe your season of waiting or your season of difficulty isn't a baby that has went eight days late that is making you extremely uncomfortable, that is pushing on your bladder, that's keeping you in the bathroom all the time or keeping you awake at night. Maybe that's not what you're dealing with. But I think we all have seasons of waiting or seasons of difficulty or trials where it does, it just, it, it pulls away the the fake and it shows these this is where your heart's at and this is not where your heart should be um and and if you're there let me just say praise god that he remembers that we are but dust but i'm thankful that that he knows and loves us in spite of ourselves and when we're weak and when we come to him with a heart that is out of place a heart that is not aligned a heart that does not have him on the throne he is patient he is loving and he is who he always is you know and 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 I love the character of God that has come through time and again and the different things that God has allowed me to produce resources. My new hymn book is all centered connecting hymns with the character of God. So much of, of my podcast, so much of my life's testimony is centered around the character of God. But one of my favorite aspects about God is that he is our father. And you know, there are days where I was on that walk and I would call my dad and be like, dad, I'm so tired. I'm so done with being pregnant. I just want my baby in my arms. And dad had heard it a million times. And you know, here he was hearing it again. And here I am complaining again. Why don't I have this baby? And you know, he just, he listened. He encouraged me. He you know, challenged me with scripture and turned my heart towards Christ. But how much more does my heavenly father love me and care about my feelings and my emotions. You know, I'm sitting here now looking back, thinking about those times. I was like, Father, do you hear me? Do you see that I'm waiting and waiting? Do you see that I'm hurting? 
And it didn't feel like he did in the moment, but I'm looking back now being like, he he hadn't changed. That's what he's been for me in every other season of my life. That's what he still was. He was working when I felt like he wasn't working. And here I was all bent out of shape. And, and he was just being who he always is, which is good, which is loving, which is there for me. And, and, oh, I hope that that season taught me something for the future. I hope that the next time a waiting season arises, I hope that if I have another baby and eight days come and go, that my heart will be in a different place, that I will be able to remember these truths about who God is. And I hope that I just have encouraged you today with whatever it is that you're going through. If you're waiting, if you're praying, if you're feeling like, where are you, God? You are not listening. If you're struggling with impatience, if you're struggling with that impatience making you irritable with those who love you most, those who are trying to encourage you most, um, I hope that this gives you a little perspective, that it'll anchor your heart back in in Christ. And I just challenge you to to study out who God is. You know, I made those scripture affirmations, the scripture promises for labor and birth. And, you know, the closer I got to the end, the more... Simeon kept telling me, are you, are you reading the scriptures? Are you reading what, what you wrote? And I just thought, why did I ever put these out before having a baby? Like, God is testing me on them, and I'm failing this test. Um, you know, I, I, they, I had planned for those scriptures to encourage me in labor and birth, not in pregnancy that had went over what I thought was the scheduled time. But, you know, one of the cards is the verse from Ecclesiastes, to everything there is a season. God's timing is perfect. And, you know, I uh, I had to read that and be like, okay, God, your timing's perfect. I'm going to trust. I'm going to rest. And then, you know, here another hour would go by and I'm back where I was and I had to go back. Okay, your timing's perfect. You know, it was just this constant mental battle. And that's that's really what I just want to challenge you with. If you're in a season of waiting, you're going to have to find scripture promises. Whether you feel like in that moment you believe them or not, they are true. Find them, write them out, put them on a three by five card, print them and make them pretty, put them somewhere and you read them and you read them again and you read them again. Whether you are listening, whether your heart feels like it or not, you just keep reading the promises, keep claiming the promises, keep trusting the promises. God will see you through and you will have clear vision when you look back on that season. And I pray that it does for me and for anybody that's listening. I pray that in the next time that a valley comes, that I will have solidified more in my heart the character of Christ, that it will carry me through better than I went through this last season of waiting and that I will trust in his goodness, that every trial in my life will be an opportunity for God to reveal more and more about who he is. And you know what? It reveals more and more about who I am and how much I need to conform into his image. Bring it full circle. How much I need spirit control in my life. How much I need the Holy Spirit working within me to make me more like my Savior. Ladies, I hope this episode was an encouragement to you. I hope that me just being raw and vulnerable um, 
will show you that I am so far from perfect. And these are things that I am working through in my heart and life. But the God is good. And he is the same God for you that he is for me. He is faithful. And He he's there for us when we call out on him. So I'm going to close this episode in prayer. Father, I thank you that you are patient. That you are in control. That you love us. And that you remember that, that we are weak and that you are a high priest, always interceding on our behalf before the Father. Lord, I pray that you will um, be with these ladies that are listening, Lord, whatever season of life they're in, if they're struggling, if they're just having a hard time letting the Spirit have control, if they're having a hard time being patient, if they're struggling with this irritability and, and frustration, Lord, I pray that you will meet them where they are, that you will wrap your loving arms around them, and that you will bring them to a place of rest and trust in your promises, Lord. I pray that you'll forgive us when we fail, when we neglect the promises, when we don't trust in the promises. Lord, I think of, of the man in the Bible that said, I believe, help thou mine unbelief, that, that battle wages in our hearts. I pray that you will help us to anchor our hearts and our minds in the truths of Scripture and in who you are. Lord, just give us the power, give us the desire to be controlled by you and, and to have victory in these areas of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.